0: Why don't we begin? We hope
1: you enjoy
0: This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and movie podcast out of Chico, California. My name's Max Menardi.
1: And I am Johnny Summers. How are you, folks? Good to see you again.
0: We got some very fun stuff coming up on this episode. We got a beer from Dunlow Brewing out of Davis. We got a beer from Alvarado Street out of Monterey. We got a movie called Yes, God, Yes. And we have a special flick pick from Johnny called Project Power. All that coming up in a little bit here. But first, Johnny Summers, where can people find us on the internet? On
1: the internet with your hot little Cheeto fingers. You can find us at <laughs> uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Untapped at Fresh Hop Cinema. Facebook is at FreshHopCinemaPod. Letterboxd, at Max Minardi and at Johnny Summers. Uh, email is at FH... It's not at email. It's There's no ad at, at the beginning of an <laughs> email. That'd be strange. <laughs> FHCcast at gmail.com. Do you ever think about how weird that is? Why isn't there an ad at, at the big... Be- hmm. It's a conspiracy, I'm sure. Sure. Very strange. Uh, also, our uh, web, what is website, that's what that's called. FreshHopCinema.com. And patreon.com slash Cinema. that's where you can give us money so we can keep making this magical show happen. Tell them a little bit more about that.
0: Yeah, Patreon's fun. We've been doing it almost since day one of the podcast. It was a way for us to kind of figure out how to bankroll what was just a drunken idea at the time. So we put out little bonus episodes where we review extra beers or extra movies or um, talk about plans in the future. When there's not a pandemic, we have bar hangs and movie nights and all sorts of fun stuff. So if you like the idea of supporting our show for a couple bucks a month and you want more of it, uh, that's a really good way to kill two birds with one stone. I'll also say if you don't want to go so far as to give us money but you still want to help us out, you can leave us a rating and a review if you want on Apple Podcasts or wherever you do happen to listen and I think that's about all we needed to say. I do want to, you can't leave the Cheeto finger hanging. Like I got to mention, I put that in my notes now to talk about later in the show. Cause that was such a weird reference, but it is topical. So I wrote mm-hmm. down why we need to talk about internet Cheeto fingers. Um, but surely it will be better if we have a beer first and you've picked out both this week. So what are we starting with my dude? Before we get there, one more thing, yeah. one more
1: announcement. If anybody wants a sticker or two or three email us. We'll make it happen. We yeah. have them and we want you to stick them on things that don't belong to you.
0: Yeah, sure. The most or the, the most helpful vandalism.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that would be a fun way. Also just tell someone that you think might be into us. That's happened a few times recently and I've got some, we've got some new follows and some,
0: yeah, some interaction sure.
1: online. So it's fun. It's just generic, generic, organic, I just <laughs> same thing. Word of, well. g- that generic word of
0: mouth. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they are good, know. We got a fresh batch of stickers. Yeah, so we're stoked. I'm, I'm very happy with the way they turned out. So, if, yeah, if, if you're interested in that, you don't even have to email us. If you're hearing this and you want to reach out on Instagram or Twitter or any of the stuff Johnny said, whatever's easiest for you, we'll make it happen. Just let us know. Hell
1: yeah, absolutely. Now to the fun part, to the alcohol. This is where we get to drink booze and act professional.
0: It feels, it feels too easy to call what we're about to drink booze. This is like it's this is a great mellow way to start off a show, especially on a 100-degree day at 4 p.m.,
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I was down today for work in Sacramento, and I took a lunch break and went to Curtis Park Market because they have a nice little sandwich shop in there now and also an amazing craft beer selection. Shout out, Curtis Park Market. Nice. I was looking around in the singles section, and I found this beer.
0: (laughs) What? I don't know why I've never... Like, I've never noticed how funny that sounds before. What? Just just looking around in the singles section, you know?
1: Yeah. I was just browsing the singles, (laughs) and I found this delicious beer. Yeah, uh, From Dunlow Brewing. If you're asking yourself, what's a Dunlow and where is they brewing? Uh, that would be in Davis, California. So these guys are really super local, and it's always awesome to discover, generically, new beers. Sure, there you I'm go. I'm just going to be swapping keep using that, that. Yeah, keep forever going. now. Uh, that's just who I am. Uh, yeah, so Dunlow Brewing is in Davis, California, and they put out a beer called Cheap Sunglasses, which I can only imagine is a shameless homage to the Great ZZ Top song. Uh, it is a wheat beer with tangerine, and they described it as a funky wit with tangerine. So I'm I'm expecting a bit of funk and a bit of tartness, perhaps, with some wheat and some yeastiness. So I'm hoping this is like a nice tangerine, tangy wheat beer. It's only 4.5%, so like you said, it's a nice, easy way to to slide into drinking today uh i'm pretty excited and hopeful what do you think this beer is going to taste like what are some expectations Had you ever heard of dunlow brewing
0: okay so no i hadn't and that was part of the reason i had a little bit of trouble finding stuff about this beer but like you mentioned it is actually listed on their can as as a wit beer a funky wit but online i think on untapped it has maybe 22 um t- entries to and to the point where like it we even checked this earlier. The ABV is not listed on the can. So we actually had to call the brewery to find out that it is just 4.4%. Point being, there's not a whole lot of info on here. So when I was thinking it was going to be a wheat beer, I was thinking like some smooth, summery, unfiltered kind of, um, certainly tangerine made sense with that. But now that I know it's a Belgian style, funky wit beer, like I'm wanting, I'm wanting a little bit of that zestiness, maybe some coriander and spices and, um, Granted, I kind of go back and forth on liking those flavors, so I'm a little bit more hesitant, but I am excited because I'm hoping it'll surprise me in a really satisfying way. But I imagine that because of that insanely long run on sentence, you've had a chance to try it.
1: I have. I have tried it. I have sampled it. I have tasted it. I have run it through my
0: mouth. All right. What you got?
1: Well, uh, it pours really pretty. It's a nice, like super light, almost hazy yellow, Mm -hmm. but... It looks really nice. It smells a bit metallic. And it, you can you can definitely smell the funk immediately. Mm-hmm, You're mm-hmm. like, "Whoa. All right, this is going to have some sort of some sort of bact- not bacteria." Yeah, it's bacteria. Sure, right? it is. I the mean, it la- is bacteria. Lactobacillus yeah. and all the, the the funky stuff. And this definitely smells like it. It tastes really mellow. It's got a nice nice funk to it for sure. It's not as tangy as I was expecting or as it smells. Yeah. Uh, it's really full bodied from the amount of carbonation. Uh, and it's really interesting because it just poof vanishes. This beer disappears like a thief in the night in your mouth. Like it's, it finishes like you just took a big sip of water. It's really weird. This beer has almost no aftertaste.
0: It is strange. I mean, typically a whip beer usually falls in, in the ABV department. It falls like the high fours, low fives, so seeing 4.4, like it does make total sense. It's, it's very understated and mellow and does kind of just pop away without much of a trace. And it also doesn't have that really, that really uh, tangy bite that I'm usually kind of averse to. This is way smoother than I was expecting. This is, this is pretty tasty, man. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised.
1: Yeah. And they did the tangerine, right? It's not like too much or too little. Like it's not super tangy underripe tangerine. It's not like not like a candied orange either. It's not overly
0: sweet. Yeah, it's pretty. This is pretty solid, dude. I'm I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm getting all the tangerine on the back end too, which which makes for a really nice because it is sort of a soft round beer, but you get that little, little bit of tang punch right at the end from that citrusy citrosity, and it's yeah. I, it's very very nice. I enjoy it.
1: Yeah, and then it just it disappears, which I like. It doesn't leave any aftertaste, good or bad. It finishes super clean, which is really nice. I'm I'm digging it. It doesn't have any lingering yeastiness or any kind of weird stuff that some people might not like. I don't mind that, but it definitely just finishes like it felt falls off a cliff, which is is really I wasn't expecting that.
0: No, me neither. Let's hop to the uh, to the can art real quick, and if we didn't say already, it is out of a pint can. So yeah, I I, I think this is something a little bit more understated than you t- uh, certainly than our second beer later on in the show. They're they're very different labels, um, but I assume you grabbed this one because it caught your eye.
1: Uh, I did, and I, it caught my eye. I liked the can a lot, and I like the fact that I'd never heard of them. And it's, I mean, it's good and bad. Like I should have heard of these guys because they're essentially in our backyard, but mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a full time job to keep up, and this is a part time podcast. So that's true. I do the best I can. I stay educated, but you know, there's breweries always falling through the cracks and popping up in small towns, but um, mainly the can was cool. I liked the the style like a funky wit with tangerine sounded really good because I was super sweaty when I was shopping for beer so that is always you can almost you could probably go back and pick out the beers that I picked out like before a cold shower yeah and then like after like when I go shopping in the evenings for beer I pick out completely different stuff than like midday lunch break picking mm-hmm. stuff out um but yeah so the the combination of an interesting style a beer that sounded good and appropriate for the weather and the time of year and then also, you know, adding a place to the list that makes really rad beer in Northern California is, is always a pretty cool thing to do. So I like supporting local when I can. Plus, I mean, we do this show every week, man. Sometimes it's hard to find breweries that we haven't done that made new beer in the last... like, Because we try and only do a brewery maybe... Well, we say at least we try and give it like a month or two between oh beers I, from a brewery. Right? Ideally, like longer when ideal. Yeah,
0: like I, I would... I think that we strive for probably no no more frequently than, like, every six months. But, yeah, as it happens, we don't always keep the best track. And sometimes some somebody that we just did a month or two ago will put out something brand new. And it's like, well, we can get it. So might as well.
1: Exactly. And, I mean, part of it, too, is, yeah, we want variety. But also we want to be relevant. The same reason we watch new movies. So, like, right. sometimes, it, like you said, so. But it's fun to have more options, and when you get into these different distribution areas, you get stuff that's, like, super local. They probably don't even distribute this outside of Sacramento, I guess. It'd be, like, available in in Davis and Sacramento. So it's cool to get our hands on it. What do you think of it?
0: Yeah, man. Well, I just want to say, too, if, if you are interested in this, it is sort of an understated can. I don't think we described it yet, but it, it's sort of this off-purple, almost like a pale purple kind of thing. And if you look closely, you can see that there's almost a straw hat that this pair of sunglasses is resting on. And then the name of the beer itself is in this nice white cursive that does make for a very pleasing visual experience, at least. Um, it reminded me of like the poster for "Call Me by Your Name" or something. See, I was thinking of Drive, but I'm also sitting uh, right by a poster of Drive, so oh, I bet the font is kind of similar. Huh? There's there's somewhere it's like they have all of the opening credits of that movie are this really like vibrant sort of script font that I'd love so much. But yes, that's not the point, I suppose. Um, no, man, but I'm 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 big on this beer. I think it's really really tasty. It's not something that you would expect to necessarily punch you in the mouth. So I'm not going to hold that against it, that it's not maybe the most exciting beer I've ever had. I think it's well made for what it is. I would drink it again. And I've only maybe had two sips. So I'm going to go back and see if there's anything sticking out to me in a bad way. Um, what about you? Pros and cons? Or I guess maybe maybe cons because we've covered some pros.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of pros. I like a lot of it. Um, I was expecting it to be more tart. I don't know if you would say that that's a pro or a con. I think mm-hmm. that depends on your palate. But for me, this falls into a realm of uh, a range of tartness that I've, I really like. Mm-hmm. So for me, this beer is very accurate to my taste. If you're looking for something more tart, maybe don't get down with this. But But for me, I want something that's light, that's really crushable and crispy and really good to drink really fast in hot weather. And that's what I was expecting. And I think that's what I got. I agree that it's definitely not anything life-changing, but yeah. I think it's a very solid beer, and I think it's an excellent introduction to this brewery, and I would I would definitely drink it again, 100%. Uh, yeah, I like it. I like it. I don't love it, but I mean, it's, it's really, really solid. I'm impressed with this brewery
0: right now. It almost strikes me as a beer that you would reach for if you were kind of craving something with a little bit more sass than a Blue Moon. Right. Yeah, definitely. Just a little more attitude, a little bit more. I don't know, more facets than than something as as maybe if I could say typical as as a blue moon. Exactly. Or a shot hopper. Like, any of those. Yeah, it's like when I'm in the
1: mood to have like a really nice craft pilsner or something, but I yeah, like right. squirt some lime juice in it just to make it <laughs> exciting. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I love you. that. Yeah.
0: I, yeah. Okay. I got you.
1: Yeah. When you're in the mood for that, something that's not just standard beer flavored beer, you want that little bit of extra. This would be a good one. This would be a great outside beer, great Mm -hmm. swimming beer, take it to the river. Uh, Yeah, I think it's a very appropriate beer for this time of year, and I think we should support this brewery as much as possible because small breweries have it rough right now.
0: Yeah, I'll reach out to them again once we post this episode and see kind of what their distro looks like if they get up to Chico, uh, and if not, how we can make that happen. Because I would love to try some more stuff from them. I looked on their website when I was searching for the ABV, and I believe that I saw maybe six or seven beers that they currently have on tap. They're open five days a week from for like five hours so i i mean they're still making beer they're still doing stuff during the pandemic so i i'm I'm gonna reach out and see if we can get some more stuff
1: yeah definitely we should they're a nice i mean this small brewery tap room family friendly tasting room
0: Mm -hmm. it
1: says they welcome outside food they have outdoor seating so it sounds like they're open now so if you're in davis go check them out
0: yeah okay so cheap sunglasses johnny out of 10 where do you land
1: uh, out of 10, it's going to be right in the mid-sixes. I'm thinking this this beer to me, this really drinks like a six five beer.
0: Perfect. I'm going to go with the seven. I think it's all the reasons we just listed. If you get a chance to try it, do it. I think, how much was this, by the way, my dude? Four bucks. Four bucks. Yeah, that's a great price. Great price for this. Uh, yeah. Yeah, keep your eyes peeled in Chico, but certainly if you're in the Sacramento, the greater Sacramento area, grab it. It's well worth your time. Again, Cheap Sunglasses by Dunlow Brewing. Let's move it along. Moving right along. Johnny, we're not into the realm of yes, God, yes, quite yet. But you did watch another new movie from 2020 called Project Power. Yes, I did. Tell me about I it. I have I've been
1: binging a lot of like high fantasy and science fiction shows lately. If you listen to the show, you know that. Uh, I needed to take a break from a series because this movie just dropped on August 14th on Netflix. Uh, and it stars Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm. Those are two pretty good actors, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, okay, I'm into it. So it's a very, I would say, somewhere between science fiction, uh, action adventure, superhero movie. I was going to say uh,
0: superhero movie gets its own genre. It feels like in this day
1: and age. Yeah, but see, that's why that's why I said sci-fi first. Yeah. It's definitely not a superhero movie. Okay, I would put out of those three descriptions, it's way more like action adventure and sci-fi than superhero. There are elements of superpowers, but it's definitely not playing in the original superhero mold that you think of when we say superhero movie as a genre now. So it, it had some unique ideas. It definitely watched, and some of the dialogue and stuff almost uh, listened or sounded mm. like very, like almost page-to-script comic book. Um, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say cheesy, but definitely like not in the realm of, of believable. But obviously the whole plot of this movie isn't entirely believable. So if you suspend that disbelief and really just immerse yourself and let yourself play in this world where there's different rules and different things are going on, overall it was a very entertaining movie. I liked the character development. I liked all three of the main characters. It was uh, Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and this uh, young lady named Dominique Fishbeck. Sure. who was really good in this movie. Um, it had a lot of interesting elements, and I will just give you a brief rundown of the synopsis. Sure. Uh, when a pill that gives its users unpredictable superpowers for five minutes hits the streets of New Orleans, a teenage drug dealer and a local cop must team up with an ex-soldier to take down the group responsible for its creation.
0: Who's the uh, Who's the drug dealer? Who's the cop?
1: Uh, the drug dealer is the young lady, Dominique Fishbeck, mm-hmm. and the cop is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And the ex-soldier is Jamie Fox. Gotcha. Okay. And they start off opposing one another, um, Jamie Fox and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, so it's almost kind of spoilery, but not really. Mm. Like you, you see it coming. Like you know they're going to team up. Um, but yeah, it deals with you know a lot of of corruption and some interesting like political things about like you know the government experimenting on its citizens, and it's just it's a pretty interesting movie. It's not going to win any academy awards but it was Mm -hmm. super entertaining i mean it didn't feel long Uh, i was worried about that because it clocks in at an hour 53 Mm. and i was like usually something in this genre if it's above a tight 90 i have super skeptical hippo eyes but this one didn't feel too long at any one point so i think it was paced well lots of good action some interesting unique ideas as far as this type of movie goes it's not exactly what i was expecting uh, and you can put Jamie Foxx in the most incredibly shitty role, which this isn't, okay. and he would still be great. Yeah, that's, that's fair. So his his just on-screen presence and power is magnanimous. I love the dude, um, but I, th- I thought this was a really fun role for him. I feel like they probably had a lot of fun making this movie, and uh, you can't go wrong with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's awesome. I like him as well. So I would recommend it. I enjoyed it. And if any of that sounds interesting, maybe you should check it out. It's streaming now on Netflix for free.
0: Yeah, it came to Netflix uh, August 14th. It came from, from the directing pair, Henry Juice and Ariel Shulman, who have done movies in the past. They did a documentary, Catfish, and they also dipped their toes into Paranormal Activity 3 and 4. And then most recently oh. before this, they directed Nerve. It's a movie with, um, oh, what's her name? It was Dave Franco and Emma, not Stone, Roberts, Emma Watson. Roberts. Yeah, there's so many Emmas in Hollywood. Um, so I was—I don't know—I was going to ask you because they have such a—that's a, such a weird mixed bag of stuff in their past. Like, I, I would be, almost be concerned going into this about—I don't know—that if, if they were able to achieve a consistent or good tone, like was was it consistent all the way through? Like, did they pick a lane? I guess.
1: Um, that was—that's uh, actually a funny that you mentioned that. It was a little bit pendulous yeah. in its tone. Yeah um but not in a way that was like distracting it definitely there was a through line and there was uh, thematically visually it was pretty consistent but definitely in some of the writing there was a bit of like like not shifts but very pendulous like they went back and forth between like a couple ideas of what this movie's about yeah uh, sort of thing but i think overall it was cohesive enough for it for it to work in this particular movie
0: Okay, sure, great. If
1: it was a movie that like was wanting you to take it more seriously, it would have been super distracting. Because um, you kind of have this dynamic of this young drug dealer and Jamie Fox, um, like almost acting as like a father figure. And then uh-huh. this, there's, and then there's this whole like side quest that Jamie Fox is on. Uh, it's a little spoiler. I won't give it away, but okay, yeah, it, it was it was interesting. I wouldn't say it was pendulous to the point where it was distracting, but it was definitely. Probably the biggest flaw in the writing, but in a movie like this, you're not like really in it for the, you know, fantastic writing.
0: It's tricky because I feel like, because this is the, anytime there's a movie, especially one of, of sort of bent rules, like a normal, like it's our world, except people have superpowers or aliens, like whatever it is. If you're establishing a world, you not only have to carry all of that weight, but you also have to get the audience to care about the characters. And oftentimes that manifests in the form of characters having side arcs or um, any number of things that are adjacent to sort of the main find the drug dealer or whatever plot. And it's such a hard thing to stick the landing on, especially in a movie that is not particularly concerned with l- maybe larger societal issues. Like I think of X-Men and I, I love it. I'll go X-Men over um, like Avengers stuff all the time. Cause well, a cause I kind of grew up with the comics and stuff, but also cause like the, the, the message behind all of the X-Men stuff is, is so applicable to real world scenarios that mm-hmm. even, even if they don't tie it all up a neat bow in the first movie, you can kind of, you can glean different, um, f- thoughts and lessons from that and know that it'll build on itself further down the road. But a movie like this, that isn't maybe as well known culturally, certainly the idea isn't, um, there's just a lot more, a lot more responsibility that the characters and, and the writers, uh, have to, have to take care of to make this movie yeah. happen and, and make it be convincing.
1: Exactly, and I think a lot of what they did in this is mixing the the backstory and the motivation of the main characters into the current plot and the current situation. It was a nice balance, but it didn't go far enough. In uh, I would have liked to have seen more about Joseph Gordon-Levitt's backstory. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a um, like a generic good cop, good guy, and you—that's you, like the depth of his character. Um, yeah. Like he's just an, an an archetype of someone that's like you know his city before himself, which is fine. I mean, I it was he played that role well, yeah. Uh, but the only person that we really got much depth of character into were Jamie Fox and Dominic Fishback's character, which was fine because the movie was mainly about them. So I'm yeah. not too upset with that, especially when you're building a whole universe, like you said.
0: So right, okay. Yeah. Well, then I will ask you the two questions that I always ask you in these situations, which are will there be a sequel and will you watch it
1: hmm they definitely left room for a sequel and I would 100% watch it
0: okay fair enough Um, plug the name one more time where people can watch it
1: yeah again that's Project Power with Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Dominique Fishback it is streaming now on Netflix at a smart TV or tablet or
0: phone near you when we come back we're going to talk without spoilers about a new film called Yes God Yes so stick around for that and we'll be right back So it's
1: hot, and it's time to drink, and it's time to eat. I have a place that you should check out for all of those things. It's the Handlebar, right here in Chico, California. They've got a fantastic food menu with some great vegan items that I get down with because I don't eat the dairy. They also have, like I said, great beers. They have a fantastic happy hour every single day of the week from 2 to 6 p.m. Where you are going to get half-off bottles of wine. There's deals on cocktails and beer. They've also expanded their seating, which I just drove by the other day, and they had blocked off a bunch of their parking spots in front of their front door, and there's tables there now. So it's kind of fun. It's kind of new. It's kind of exciting. We're all adapting and overcoming, and small businesses need our support, and they support us, so you should definitely go down and check out the handlebar right here in Chico.
0: Yep, again, that's the handlebar located at 2070 East 20th Street. Go check them out. So, Alice, how would you describe your relationship with Jesus?
1: Um... (laughs)
0: Welcome. You've got mail. Mom? Fine. Just fine? Okay, it's like this guys only need a few seconds, you know, like a microwave. <laughs> while ladies, they typically need to preheat for a while. Have you been to? Cleansing. Welcome. Are you the I am sick of being friends with a pervy psycho. Okay. This retreat will challenge you in new and profound ways. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the... And remember, God is always watching you.
1: Are you washed in the after lunch we pretended
0: each marshmallow was a different mortal sin before burning it yours was lust oh all right that was a trailer for a new film called yes god yes from writer and director karen Maine, starring natalia dyer as alice a girl who attends a catholic school and finds herself having tempting thoughts after an aol chat turns unexpectedly racy if that's not clear already this movie takes place in the The wee early aughts, I would guess, like, what do you think, 04, 05? Yeah. Kind of that sweet spot of just AOL online chatting and uh, a thousand other things that get referenced in this movie that we'll talk about in just a minute here. But it came to Video On Demand on July 28th. It's based on a short film from Karen Main back in 2017, also starring Natalia Dyer. And it runs a very tight one hour and 18 minutes. Johnny Summers. This film has been, there's been a lot of things said about it. Obviously, it's, it's about Catholicism and sexuality, which don't always go hand in hand. Uh, <laughs> no pun intended, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. one, one reviewer said, there's nothing here that would shock a teenager. On the contrary, there's much here that would say to a teenage girl, you probably think you're all alone and feeling like this. Good news, you're not. Another reviewer on Common Sense Media said, I guess the writers and producers had a bad experience growing up Catholic. Shame on you. It's not all like that. Teenage feelings and hormones are very normal. However, they should have picked a different genre than the structure of teenage retreats and youth groups to get back at their screwed-up faith journey. Christianity (laughs) and Catholicism gives more good than they get get credit for, dot, dot, dot. I'm offended. Johnny Summers, (laughs) what I want to know is, in, in your experience with this movie, is the avenue of telling a story about a sexual awakening is this a good scenario for that is, is cause we, I mean, we'll talk about this, I'm sure in a few minutes here, but like we both grew up in, in different religious settings. And oftentimes the scenarios that surround those, especially, especially with sexuality are a little bit contentious to say the least. But do you think that whatever this movie was trying to tell us did it in a, uh, in an effective way? Let's start there.
1: Absolutely. I think it did. I think this was one of the most true to life, even for me personally, and accurate depictions of uh, Christian shame. I'm not familiar with Catholic guilt. Just double sure it. Can't. Just double
0: it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: It's exactly. <laughs> it's all in the same wheelhouse. Yeah. And yeah, this movie was... Um, I absolutely loved it. I'm going to preface all this by saying that. It just... that feeling of shame and aloneness and confusion and guilt for feeling like a human uh it was just encapsulated and you know the way that they tackled it was such a really refreshing take on it because it felt so genuine it was displayed in such a honest and pure way that it wasn't dirty and it was literally someone just trying to figure out the world and getting shamed for it and for just asking simple questions and uh you know getting told that you shouldn't even ask those questions and that that's a sin. It's like, wow, okay. Mm. Um, It was just a really, really fascinating look into what I can only imagine is probably millions of people's situation and experience growing up in certain, you know, various religious sects uh, that were oppressive and not open about these things and, and very shamey. So I really liked the way that this movie handled it. I thought it was very... Very true to life in a lot of ways. And I thought it was a really intimate telling and honest telling of someone's experience. And I
0: I really, really liked it. I had similar feelings, maybe less extreme than yours. I think that this movie does a really, maybe we should frame out the plot a tiny bit more than this, but uh, so, so basically she goes to Catholic school and in, in the midst of sort of, she's uh, Natalia Dyer again, plays Alice. She's I think a sophomore, when this movie takes place and and she's just sort of um, I, I don't know. I don't, there's not a, obviously a technically a second stage of puberty, but there is a moment where you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm not, this is not 13 year old sexual thing. Like these are like almost grown up ones or on, on their way. And uh, amongst, or at, at this realization, she's she's just heard about this retreat hosted by the school where all of her friends have come back and be like, why well, it was like the best thing ever. I feel so fulfilled. And she's like, okay, I'm going to go to this. And then most of the movie takes place. At this retreat, and I think that's probably enough setup, right?
1: Yeah, I think one of the main points at the beginning of the movie that helped set up that whole camp thing is that a rumor was started about oh, her yes, yes. Uh, performing a <laughs> sexual act, and she has no
0: idea what that sexual act even is. One uh, review on there's... on christianmom.com said that it was an unnatural sexual act <laughs> which yeah. I really found uh nice. that was a funny that was yeah, not funny, it sucks like okay. I also learned a new word today because of that. It's called, um uh, uh, oh man, onanism. It was an onanism, O-N-A-N-I-S-M. And I was like, what's that? Because I like to know. And I guess this dude, Onan, was a guy in the Bible whose brother was murdered, slain, slain by God. Then God told him to marry his brother's uh, wife, widow, so that they could have children. And then instead of impregnating his brother's wife, during copulation, at the moment of climax, he uh, removed himself from her and spilled his seed. That's the Bible,'s words, not mine. and that's why that is considered uh, evil. It was called like a, t- a something form of evil. So an
1: unnatural an unnatural. Act. So
0: anything that is not and they make that clear in the movie, like, if you're not having sex to make babies, b- bad. Yeah, which is not necessarily. I don't think the stance of the Catholic Church these days, but maybe in two thousand five, who knows? I cut you off. No. I went on a tangent, but I felt like it was topical.
1: You were talking. Yeah.
0: Wait, but no, I, I didn't I, cut you I off. You're saying, no, not at all. Oh, you for were saying once, it's you it's, did not. It's relevant that that she she the rumor started about it, right?
1: Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. The yeah. the rumor about the the unnatural. You you chimed in yeah, and that was funny. The unnatural act. Yeah 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 she the rumor goes around that she tossed someone's salad and yeah
0: she's like i never mixed anyone's salad yeah yeah and it's this guy who has a girlfriend that comes up later um which to get back to your question there's there i like this movie i obviously related to a to a cringy point like i've mm-hmm. been on those retreats before like Me i even, i texted my girlfriend from high school after watch like midway through i was like you have to watch this movie like it's gonna it's gonna hit differently like you're going to appreciate it. Cause she's one of the few people I've kept up with over the years. Um, I'm just like, dude, like you got to watch this. Cause there's some moments like that weird, like that super cheeriness you get from a senior who's like a camp counselor is like, welcome to camp, man. It's going to be so much fun to time with Jesus. Aren't you so excited to be pure or like, like having to cry when you share sad stories about like coming to the Lord, like that kind of stuff is just like, Oh, like I didn't know that I remember, remembered that stuff, but I super Great. do.
1: Yeah, dude, all kinds of stuff surfaced for me in this movie. I was like, I felt very triggered, but also I'm like so far removed from it that it didn't even bother me. It was just humorous. Like, (laughs) oh, looking back at how ignorant everyone around me was, it was just
0: wow. So, so leading back kind of to a more objective film talk of this, I think that if you don't have those experiences, this movie is going to be way different. And I think if I try to step back from it, there are some things in this movie that keep it very easily from being a great movie in 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 my book. There's a lot of stuff that is presented and not resolved, or at the very least not resolved in a way that suggests there's any growth from the characters that are trying to do the resolving. But there is a really, really satisfying redemptive arc in the last act of the movie that lasts probably 10 minutes, where we leave the camp for the first time. And that in and of itself, I think is enough to save a lot of this movie.
1: Oh, that scene made the movie
0: so much. Yeah. Like I think the short film back in 2017, I think it was like 11 minutes long. And I bet you that it was like the rumor started about her at school. Then she goes to camp for a couple minutes. And then most of the short film is her having this talk outside of the camp with somebody. And I bet you that was the movie. Cause that's, that's really where the the content is. Mm -hmm. Cause like we're presented with again, from like an outside perspective, like this seems a little nuts and the whole time she's having these thoughts of like, this seems crazy, but maybe I'm crazy because this is what God wants. And, and then it's all building up this tension to this one moment for somebody just to be like, oh, you're not crazy. You're just a human person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that catharsis is, is a, a very strong saving grace, again, maybe pun intended there, uh, of the entire thing. So I liked the movie. <laughs> I don't think it was great, but it was pretty good. I think it was made for people like us. I think honestly, so too. Yeah, to have yeah.
1: not only nostalgia of being that age, but yeah. also feeling those feels.
0: Yeah, that's that seems that seems correct to me as well. Um, I don't know that I'd watch it again necessarily. I don't. I don't need to go back. Maybe for seconds, but it is again an hour and eighteen minutes. Um, so it's it's digestible for sure.
1: Yeah very digestible
0: uh you're a fan of natalia dyer from stranger things how, how did you what was her performance like in this i loved her in this i thought she was really endearing i i
1: was immediately empathetic towards her character and not just because i identified with so many of her struggles in this mm. film it was more just she just has um like a lot of her facial expressions and she acts quite a bit with just her eyes and it really is engaging i i, I was pretty drawn in by that oh.
0: like that's funny you say that because I didn't actually have that experience until the very final scene, oh really which is and if you haven't seen it I won't spoil it but there's a scene where there's this really brilliant reversal of a traditional Catholic thing where it's almost like let's say an interrogation I guess and and the roles get flipped kind of and mm-hmm. that like she did some brilliant just like slight eyebrow movements to suggest she's like, I know this and you know that I know and and mm-hmm. and we're going to leave it at that. Yeah. And the way that that resolved was kind of unsatisfying to me, but that's obviously more danger zone spoilery stuff. So I'll, I'll save it for them, but I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. When she flips that switch to really go for the, like kind of leave the naive 16 year old thing and, and really express herself. She kills mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. She was great in this. Yeah. Me
1: too. I thought she was really, really good in it. And I don't think anyone else was really worth, I mean, Natalia Dyer was the main character and everyone else was just supporting her in this universe, but I think she definitely knocked it out of the park. I thought she was very good in this.
0: I mean, I got to mention Susan Blackwell, um, Gina of Gina's Bar. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, who is just like the epitome of sort of just, just a badass, strong woman in this. She just kills it. And again, mm-hmm. she's somebody that comes up sort of late in the movie, but pfft, great. She's, she's such a powerful influence on clearly on Alice, but also just on screen. <laughs> she's just like, I, yes. I trust her immediately. Oh, yeah. She was so. Oh, man. Like, yeah. she was like the bar mom. There's the scene. I yeah. uh, I guess danger zone stuff. But when we do leave, there's a moment where uh, Alice wants something that she's not supposed to have. And we look to Gina for, for her uh, permission, basically. Mm-hmm. And she kind of gives them a nod. And it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then that happens again a few minutes later. And it's like, No. <laughs> and we're like yeah you're yep. right cool you're right sorry yeah <laughs> he's like yeah okay <laughs> I, I i was laughing pretty good at that it was it was a funny moment
1: yeah me too i laughed out loud quite a few times at this movie not only from the humor but also the absurdity and the yeah the relatability there yeah. there was multiple reasons for me to be, be very amused by this movie yeah for sure yep Do um, you want to say any more about it before we rate it or I do you think we just- should rate it and rip it apart in the danger zone
0: well can we can we talk about really quickly um alice has a crush on a senior named chris who is played and i have to mention it because it's a great name wolfgang novogratz
1: are you kidding me no
0: can we just speculate as to whether or not that arm hair was real arm hair or makeup i'm gonna go real dude i mean that was some intense arm hair like i mean i'm a hairy guy but i was like that doesn't seem real have you ever trimmed your arm hair uh, yeah, probably.
1: Sure. Why? What is it? Yes or no? I'm sure I've trim- Yeah, I'm sure I've shaved it before. Yeah, but have you ever like had to like I got to put like a number three attachment on my buzzers to get oh, this oh, arm oh, hair I under see. control? Even like, you
0: know, like old people with eyebrows. Yeah. No, no, no. I haven't. No, I've done it. Like I think when I was swimming in high school, like this will make a difference.
1: I'm pretty. Yeah, like I've
0: shaved. <laughs> I've shaved my
1: arms because like I needed to like moisturize my tattoos and my arm hair. Oh hairs yeah, sure. In the way. But like that dude needs to like take his hair down to a number two attachment dude there's
0: just one shot where they're just getting to the retreat and he's one of the one of the group leaders and we get sort of at this point kind of the cliche like slow-mo romantic music where we do a close-up <laughs> on her eyes and then it cuts to his arms and i swear it was dude flicking it, in the wind. It, it looked like there were, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah it was blowing just, in the wind it, it looked it like there was blowing. like mud like they i i don't know i'd love to know and of course like if it's not we're just whatever it's your body we'll man rocket but my I God. mean, yeah
1: Google that actor and see what his arms look like in his pictures. That's
0: a good idea. I will. I will. Yeah, I'll do that. Wolfgang von Schmappenstein. What no, was his name? Novogratz.
1: Novogratz,
0: which really sounds a lot like a German dude trying to say "no regrets," but
1: Novogratz. You know, Wolfgang has no regrets.
0: You got that arm hair. You got at least one regret. Uh, yeah, not shaving that. And no, Trimming it's it absolutely not his arm hair. Okay, that's good. <laughs> it's like there's no way um what do y'all, you call a wig that you put on your arms uh that is a an armkin i was gonna say i S- was gonna say armkin yeah that's of course like what that's what you gotta say probably Absol- absolutely absolutely so an arm armkin okay i've now seen three pictures of him in a short sleeve shirt four it's not his arm hair. okay good which makes it even funnier of a joke because it's like when you see a You gr- remember when you were young and you'd see somebody in high school and you're like that's a grown-up yeah like that's how you perceive people that are maybe three years older than you when you're a kid. You're like, they're completely, they're an adult. Look at that arm mm-hmm. here. Like it's so, and just like hormones, like that's so intensified. Like it makes so much sense to focus on one detail and then just blow it up in your mind. Right? Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. That's, it's good. That's nice.
1: Yeah. That shit was ridiculous. Um.
0: Other than that. No, I think I'm, I'm good to move on if you are, and we can talk about spoilers as, as we get going.
1: Yeah, Definitely.
0: Okay, so once again, that's Yes, God, Yes. You can find it on most video on-demand services. I think it was like six bucks. If you do get a chance to watch it, write us in. We'd love to hear your thoughts. In the meantime, we are going to give this movie a quick rating, and then we will drink our second beer. So, Johnny, Yes, God, Yes, out of 10. I think out of
1: 10, this movie feels like a solid 7-4 for me. I would, I mean, personally, if I'm just rating it in my universe where I'm the only one that's ever gonna see this movie, it's like a, like a 9.8. Oh, but like personally, just because I, I enjoyed it that yeah, much, yeah. like my personal enjoyment level. But objectively speaking, this movie feels more like a 7-4 because I don't think it, again, I don't think it was for everyone. Yeah, And I think if you're going to make a feature length about this subject matter, you need to make it more broadly identifiable other than two people that went through situations like this specifically. They could have gone a bit further in in that. I think it would have taken it further as a more generally accepted movie. So yeah, seven, four for me. What'd you, what'd you think?
0: what so do you, what do you think? I'm right at a six. I, I think the same thing, like personal experiences aside, if you are going to make this movie, the, the difference is I don't have so much of an issue with the specificity. I have issues with the, what was to me not ambiguous ethically, but what the movie seems to be okay with leaving hanging. There's a few moral decisions that were to me like, okay, like you at least have to resolve those things. Like we have this sort of speech of honesty at one point and it's like, none of that really gets resolved. And maybe that's even saying too much. What do you think? Is that fine? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. So like that kind of stuff is what, what bothers me. Like we're, we're basically making another movie about character growth and the, the big sort of, um, fulcrum that this whole movie is pivoting on is the, the, the morality of that character. And I, I just think that, the stuff that we're presented with, the conundrums aren't necessarily resolved in a way that convinced me that we have landed on solid ethical ground. So, but it's still like, again, it's an entertaining movie, regardless of if you grew up with this kind of stuff, there are some pretty good laughs. And I think those laughs are just enhanced if you have gone through this in any capacity. So I'd say, yeah, I'd say check out. Yes, God. Yes. It's a 7.4 for you. It's a six for me. Let us drink another beer.
1: That's right. Amigo. It's time for another beer. Whoa. You know what we should drink? <laughs> Tell me. Amigos <laughs> IPA from okay. Alvarado Street. Okay. Because we're friends, we do a podcast, and this beer is named Friends. Fair. I'm super stoked for this beer. Do you want to know a fun story about the Friends theme song that I learned the other day? Absolutely, I do. Uh, I would. There's a Giants player this season. Uh, Ma, I think his name's Mauricio Dubon, and his walkout song is the Friends theme song. And I'm like, why is it Kay. like that? Okay. They had a little op-ed thing about him in one of the games, and it was he learned English mainly from watching Friends reruns. Oh. And so he's so endeared to that song. It's his walkout song, and it's the purest thing I've ever seen, and I love him. That's great. It's fantastic. So Amigos IPA, brewed by Alvarado Street Brewing in Monterey, California picked this bad boy up at Curtis Park Market today, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mainly because the can was absolutely amazing. Max is going to describe that in a minute after I describe the beer. DeLorean, Lamborghini, and now is Zuzu, Amigo, that is, 1992 to be exact. The next in our unofficial car series is dedicated to brewer Kevin Brown's Insanely Radical Ride. Elegant fermentation character, dank hops, heirloom floor, malted... British barley for body and balance. Those words did not go together in my head
0: at all.
1: (laughs) Uh, So yeah, this is a 7% IPA from Alvarado Street. And historically, they have been good to me. So I'm interested to try this beer. Max, have you tried it? No, but I want to describe
0: the can. I do want to describe the can. So basically, it's this very awesome looking neon sort of, uh, let's, I don't know, like pinks and oranges. And there's a picture of uh, an Isuzu. MU, which is a car that came out, I believe in the late nineties or maybe, uh, late eighties. I can't, can't remember, but it's a, it's a midsize SUV and people seemed to really like it as I'm, as I know this about this, uh, vehicle. And I'm not just looking on the Wikipedia page, which is not helpful because it's just a bunch of car words. I, so this is useless, but I was like, I wonder if that's an Isuzu on the, on the front. And it is, and it's a picture of people driving it A dude that kind of looks like our friend of the show, Raleigh Munn, is driving. Two people in the back seat, surfboards on the top, driving on a beach. And it just looks like a really good time of a beer. I've poured it into my glass. There's very little head left. It's a nice pale yellow. uh, If I hold it up to the light, almost a dark yellow. And I'm excited to try it, but no, to answer your question, I have not. Have you? I have.
1: Thoughts. Thoughts. This beer rips. I am into it okay it smells ridiculous like just massively hoppy um it has an amazing flavor it is super hoppy there's like some sweetness in there balancing out and it finishes really dry but like super tropical and a little bit juicy a little bit sweet but with this solid backbone of hoppy bitterness that really just man it rides this this
0: train down my throat all the way to my heart this beer is <laughs> right up my alley. It's nice. It's a nice. That was a nice description. I think this is also very tasty. It's doesn't drink like seven percent. Feels a little bit heavier to me, but it's super tropical. Like you said, I actually get a lot of sort of peach and mango vibes. It's yeah, I could see that. Lovel- lovelily balanced, su- love love balanced. Love Super sparkly. Yeah. Per, um. But but a nice bit of body behind it where it doesn't feel like it's just sort of evaporating into my palate. It's this is good, man. I'm I'm stoked on this beer also i'm still trying to figure out why it does um i don't know it, it feels like it's drinking heavier than it should but i think i like that so i'm a little right. bit torn but i've only tasted it uh, once at this point um are I you getting anything just, you don't like
1: uh i don't know if it's drinking that heavy or if it just has like a really robust mouthfeel like it's just got a, a very full mouthfeel
0: dude and also those it, tropical flavors can often at least to me come off as heavy like like you sure, show your mango and peach and like papaya Mm-hmm. um that stuff like island fruits in particular if if they're not made with a very specific hot profile can feel heavy to me
1: yeah totally I agree completely and this is it it strikes that nice balance you get those flavor notes but it doesn't delve into the realm of too sweet or too overpowering like it still tastes hoppy I think what really takes me out of it is when you get so much of those fruit flavors that like, it doesn't taste like beer anymore it Mm -hmm. tastes like some sort of weird bitter smoothie that no one would ever order from the jamba yeah so yeah i like this and that it really does find that balance well um there's not a lot that i'm disliking from this beer it tastes like a good time on the beach with friends like this can is really uh got it right illiterate illustrative this (laughs) can's (laughs) a literate dude there's yeah, no words it, for it well it is saying everything it needs to say without words so yeah, i guess in a true. sense it is a little bit illiterate wow that's a hard sentence to say i'm Word a rapper, all yeah. right yeah a little bit illiterate
0: yeah you know I, there's something about it that i'm not loving and i think there is some bitterness on the end and i will hypothesize that if you were to leave yours out for another 20 minutes which might be the issue because I, I had mine out when i thought we were gonna go straight into it um yeah which nobody knows but it's about 20 minutes ago at this point so I think it's warmed up slightly more than yours. And there's a there's a a very obvious and aggressive bitterness coming on the back end that is mm-hmm. is overpowering some of those really nice tropical notes.
1: See, I like that. I like that bitterness yeah. coming in there and just giving me a nice right hook to the mouth.
0: Yeah. Well, then, yeah, this is probably right up your alley. And anybody else that feels that way, you will super dig this beer. But if you're like me and kind of want that smooth sweetness from start to finish in a beer like this, this is maybe maybe not your thing.
1: Well, I think you would like the letters N E in front of the IPA in this style then, because this yeah. is an IPA and that's what IPAs taste like.
0: See, but that's the thing. Like this isn't a straightforward West Coast either. This is some weird iteration of something in the in the the middle ground.
1: I don't know. It it looks more just like an unfiltered IPA.
0: Yeah, but I mean we're splitting hairs. You're like, what's a New England IPA if not an unfiltered IPA? Uh I mean the
1: double dry hopping adds a lot of sweetness. Um
0: You're saying to this one? I don't
1: know what's that no to like new england ipas well, new,
0: not all new england ipas are double dry hopped
1: yeah but not all new england ipas are bitter either like i would most are I, not
0: yeah i'm, I'm saying th- like i, I th- go ahead
1: uh i think the the what's the difference between this and a new england is like the recipe like there's the yeast profile is not conducive to being like on the sweeter side i think it uses more traditional ipa yeah. yeast that you know and it leaves it more of like the traditional IPA flavor.
0: Well then I guess I could flip my criticism and I guess that my new one is that it's t- maybe too sweet for me on the front end. Like I
1: Okay yeah. so you're you're drinking this beer at, with the lens of it being an IPA now.
0: Well I guess I was either way but you're probably right like it, sure I shouldn't I shouldn't rate it on its necessarily its sweetness but that is what I was getting up up front which I think is what they're going for but either way like it's falling in this gray area between what I would want out of a New England and what I would want out of a West Coast IPA.
1: It is definitely, on the palate, a bit stylistically ambiguous. Sure. Uh, I mean, blindfolded. Do you think you could tell me if this was an IPA or a West Coast IPA? Uh,
0: a New England like, or like West a West New- Coast? New- yeah, like a New England, like a hazy or a West Coast. Let me let me take one more drink because I, I, I actually don't know. Um,
1: dude, I would I, guess, uh, I would guess New England. I actually would too, yeah. It's got that sweetness, that mouthfeel is very indicative of a New England IPA, that really just coating the
0: palate. It super, super is, thick. yeah. Like, like it It feels like a really aggressive New England IPA to me.
1: Yeah. I, it, it reminds me of some of the New England IPAs that I like because they have nice hoppiness. Totally.
0: To you love it. I'm going to check their website. I haven't seen what they call it. I've checked Untapped and Beer Advocate at this point. Um, but I can't imagine that both of those sites would have gotten it wrong from their website so let's see yeah not usually those
1: are both pretty credible
0: at least like if if one has a different opinion then i'll check the source but if, i don't think i can think of a time where they've both said one thing and it's been not correct yeah that would be wild um let's see do, 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 do. oh alvarado has one of, they've got one of those websites where they keep all of their beers from forever listed oh good so there's a bunch but um there's this but one this,
1: this kind of reminds me <laughs> of like the the mai Thai ipa i've had from them it's very mm. clear aesthetically it looks exactly like a west coast ipa but it's got this bright juiciness to it and then this bitterness that it, it leaves your mouth a little confused but very happy
0: not unlike church camp sure so they call it a they call it a, <laughs> a yeast driven ipa Whoa! Which is not—that's not a thing, man. I mean, it's you can't—you can't can't invent stuff like that. Doesn't help us classify this. (laughs) yeast. Don't say yeast-driven. Like, so they have like they have that, and they have yeast-driven double IPAs, and then they obviously have a standard West Coast. So I—they know that this is not just their
1: bitch-ass way of saying (laughs) hazy without saying hazy.
0: Are they just trying
1: to like reinvent that haze wheel?
0: Let me see. I'm going to see if I can find one that says New England. Uh, I haven't found one yet. I, so like- then they also have a juicy double IPA.
1: No. Okay, and this on, one is a
0: high. <laughs> this is actually what this one should be called. So they have a beer, uh, Alvarado does, called Cool Runoffs, which they classify on their website as a hybrid East Coast slash West Coast style double IPA. I think they maybe could call all their beers that. I think they're just like whatever we want to call it. Just drink the beer, which Don't is assume fine. But- this
1: beer's gender, bro.
0: Don't assume this beer's. Uh- this yeah, beer is style, style fluid. Yeah. Which actually style. is like super cool in a beer, but I just, it's not working for me in this one. I like
1: this beer a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to put a finger on what exactly it is, which is not necessarily what you want in a business that is defined by style. Sure. Marketing wise, this is not correct,
0: but. Exactly.
1: like Tasting wise you know, is you a just, different
0: issue. Yeah. It tastes
1: yeah. good, but it isn't what I was planning on getting. It's, it's a bit confusing. Like it's definitely um, more more New Englandy or west or East Coasty than I was anticipating, which is weird. It's like do you just have to try all of Alvarado Street's beers and figure out which ones are which style? Because the Mai Tai IPA just says Mai Tai IPA, just like this says Amigos IPA, mm-hmm. and that one is clear as yellow water, like you yeah. can see right through it. It's not hazy at all. And then this one is also just an IPA and it's completely different. Um, Consumer beware and be informed that like you might not be getting specifically what is advertised uh, because it doesn't say yeast driven anywhere on this can either. Yeah, I'm
0: actually kind of I'd love to know more about why they do that. Um, But I guess to the point of this beer, I'm. I I guess if we're sort of categorizing ourselves, like I definitely prefer a new England IPA that is juicy all the way through. And I know that you do kind of like that multifaceted, maybe start juicy, but then balance it out with some bitterness and it's fine. I don't like, there are some of those beers that I agree with you on that I really like, but something about this one is, is too, um, I don't know. It starts too strongly one way and ends too strongly the other way that I don't feel like those two styles have melded in a way that is satisfying to me. So I, I don't know. It's fine. I, I enjoy it mostly, but, it's just not a consistent drinking experience. Like every time I finish a sip, I'm like, all right, bitter. And then I go back and like, I got to recalibrate for sweetness and then it goes to bitter again. It's just, it's a lot of work, Johnny. I tell you what, I like it.
1: Yeah. I'm just going to drink it and enjoy it. Cause I think it's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> I
0: love that. I said all that and you go, I enjoy it.
1: I like it. I think it's, I think it's pretty good.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, you got anything else on it? Or you just want to rate it. It's confusing, but yeah. let me put it
1: this way. If you like, alvarado street beer you'll like this beer yeah like they have a style that is very unique unto themselves so yeah you kind of have to either be with it or for it and or against it and you know it just depends on where you fall on alvarado street i happen to like most of their stuff like 90 percent of their stuff i enjoy so um but it also isn't an IPA. It's yeah. It's I was going to say. It sounds like
0: you're factoring in that you like their other beers, therefore you have to like this beer, or therefore you're going to like this beer.
1: No, I'm. I'm just prefacing what I'm saying. You know, I have a history of enjoying their beers, and um, you do kind of almost have to try them to like figure out what they are, though. Like, you can't really yeah. trust trust the can, and that's something I've never really uh, acknowledged or verbalized and put into any context as far as their beers go. Everyone's kind of like a scratch off.
0: You don't know what you're going to get. It's like um, the opposite of the Sierra Nevada conundrum. Yeah. It's like, you you know what you're going to get. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which, I mean, in the craft beer game, maybe
1: that's a good thing. Maybe I like a little mystery in my beer because I like to be surprised. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm pretty warm on this beer, though, for sure. I think this beer feels like... Like a seven nine for me, it doesn't hit the eights, but it's definitely a solid beer.
0: That's really, that's really good. You're you're to the point where because I correct me if I'm wrong, but eight for you is like I'm gonna go get this somewhere else. Yeah,
1: eight eight is I would travel for it. Cool,
0: seven point nine. Yeah, really good. Um, yeah,
1: I wouldn't travel for it, but if this was available in Chico, I would buy a four pack
0: all day long. Cool. Okay. Um, I'm a five. You know, it's good. It's fine for me. It's it's. Okay. I think it's a little bit weak. Obviously, stylistically, I I think. Even if it were sort of this weird amalgam of the two, it would need to be a lot more exciting on both ends of that spectrum to make me want to go back for another one. Um, so it's fine. I, I'm, it's fine. It's, this is the perfect example. Like, I, I can't even – I don't even want to talk about either way. It's fine. It's fine. That's there you it. go. Amigos IPA is from Alvarado Street Brewing. That's it. Max is meh on this beer. Yeah. There you go. Check it out. If you're in Sacramento or
1: probably Roseville, like at Final Gravity, uh, it doesn't make the rounds up here very much. So, yeah, if you can get down to any of those spots or if you see it somehow around town, give it a try. Let us know what you think.
0: Agreed. Um, So, my dude, we've talked, I, I don't think on the air necessarily, but you and I have texted back and forth about the newest season of Umbrella Academy and i told yes. you that i started it i started the first season way back when it came out and that i wasn't super stoked on it and you were kind of mixed um and i think you were planning on getting around to watching it
1: yes that is the first part of my hot and bothered uh, i have f- finally i wouldn't say finally i have successfully watched the entire first season and i am 3 or 4 episodes into the second season mm-hmm. uh and i have a more structured and formulated opinion of this show as a whole. So, Umbrella Academy is it good? Should you watch it? Did I like it? All those things. Uh, is it good? Yes. Did I like it? Definitely. Do you? Th- do I think you should watch it? One hundred percent. The amount of time travel in this show Don't alone started <laughs> alone okay. is enough for Young Max Minardi to be all in on this show. Ah, shoot! You got uh, me. It, you, you got me. I, um, I just bit. Yeah, I yeah. know. Okay. I'm like, All I'm right. watching it. I'm like three quarters of the way through season one. I'm like, Max needs to watch this. All right, this this, this whole time travel dynamic and how far they go into it is awesome.
0: Okay, um, the dialogue. But often, you should say what Umbrella Academy is just one time.
1: Okay, yeah. So Umbrella Academy is a squad based, let's say, comic book type story about a bunch of children that were born on the same day, miraculously, to women who were not pregnant. It was a very spontaneous birth. And Jesus? This Jesus. It's a nice tie-in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and this eccentric billionaire tries to collect as many ah, of the children as he can. That's right. Uh, that leads to almost like an X-Men Professor Xavier-type school for gifted children-type thing, and he calls it the Umbrella Academy. And Why?
0: Why does he call it that?
1: uh you get into that in the, oh, okay, cool. the show yeah there's an explanation for that it's pretty interesting vague not super okay. pivotal but just it's, <laughs> it's a cool it's name
0: called. it's a yeah you're like are there zombies are we turning this into a corporation what's happening right
1: Ooh, i forgot about that. or is yeah, that what the, it, is a
0: co- corporation in resident evil umbrella the umbrella, umbrella corp yeah, yeah right because
1: they always called it umbrella corp yeah yeah and that creepy logo the red and white yeah, yeah sticks with you um Yeah, so it has an interesting array of characters with various superpowers. And a nod to my adolescence, this was actually a comic book created by Gerard Way, the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. Sure. Which is pretty cool, if you ask me, because I like their music quite a bit. Um, The dialogue and some of the plot, not plot, some of the, the interactions are massively frustrating early in the first season. It took me a solid three okay. episodes to get into it. Like what a coincidence. Solid, like, that's yeah, as far like as I got. Solid two and a half, three episodes. But okay. then things start happening at a more rapid pace. You're getting more answers than questions instead of the opposite, which is early in the show. It's like all questions, no answers. It's no satisfaction. Sure. So like, you have to stick with it to get some of that satisfying payoff. But when it comes... I feel like it, it validates the whole series and it's really worth it and then once you get deeper into all these characters' backstory and how they're all interacting with each other it really sucks you in. Um, there's certain there's one character that I absolutely hate that I think could probably not
0: even be in the show. Okay, wait, who is in with it? Who is it? I can't tell you. Yes, you can. I know all, I know all the characters. It's fucking Diego. Okay, I don't I guess I don't know their names. Which one is that? He's the guy
1: that throws the knives everywhere. Okay. Um, i just find his overall personality really irritating i'm still and I understand not understand. Sure which one he is he's not the big strong fun. dude he's not the you time gotta traveler. watch the show more no he's the one that throws knives i can't be any more specific so he's, he's the only one in the whole show that throws knives all right fine. it's very specific if you knew what i was talking about okay. um i just don't like his personality he's very like impulsive and like just act first think later and it just irritates me and i understand why that character is necessary
0: is he the eyeshadow uh, guy
1: no, that's Klaus. Yeah, I love Klaus. Klaus is probably my favorite character. Okay, yeah. I'll stop asking. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah. But anyways, I think it's a very interesting show. I think the hype is kind of real. I think it sucks you in, and it's once you're in, it's it's very addictive. And the more you learn about these characters, the more invested in the show you are. And I'm giving it. Go ahead and give it two thumbs way up. I'm super into it. I'm I'm loving the playground that they've built and the sandbox that they're playing in. I like the universe and the powers that are flying around, and I think it's a very, very, very worthwhile show.
0: So this week, should I watch that or should I watch your flick pick? Ooh. Project Power, because I mean, sim- should, I mean, similar in the sense you that would supernatural mm, powers and stuff. Yeah, and this is a would you rather not like. You can't pick both. If 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 I only watch one, what do I watch? What's more worth my like, time?
1: Do I get? Can I have one
0: question for contingency? I suppose you may. Are you in the mood for a series or a movie? <laughs> okay. That's the, I mean,
1: like, let's ones... say that I,
0: yeah, that's, I guess it's not super fair, but I don't know. Like con- right. conceptually what's more intriguing. Like what's, what's you a better would, um, um, um,
1: umbrella, umbrella
0: Academy. Yeah. Okay, cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You would like umbrella and especially watching season two and, and knowing the direction that they're kind of headed and what they're doing already. Yeah. I think Especially with the time travel. Like it fascinated me. I know it's going to get you. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. It's great.
0: Okay, Um, so that's on Netflix. Yeah, that is. So I wanted to plug one thing on Netflix that I've been watching, too, which is something that I believe you watched the first season of back when it came out in 2017, which is Mindhunter.
1: Oh, my God. I've watched all of it every bit. So all two, what,
0: two or three seasons, two seasons. Um, (sighs) Don't get me started on Mindhunter, bro so I've been, I've been just watching the crap out of it. I, I started it back when it came out. I somehow let it slip through the cracks, but if you don't know about it, it's, um, it's a TV series made by David Fincher, who has done all sorts of neo-noir stuff. Like basically is any great, f- f- like gritty crime movie you've seen, he's probably at least breathed on. He is a gift, a real it's, treasure. Um, we could just name his stuff like seven Zodiac, um, fight club, fight club. You ever heard sure, of it? Sure. It's pretty good. Um, so it stars Jonathan Groff as a young FBI um uh, dude. He's not like he's an agent I guess, but he's not your typical FBI agent. He's somebody that is interested in pursuing the psychology of of what at the time was not even known as a serial killer and and how to sort of not diagnose isn't even the right word, but the series Defined. basically sure. Um the series takes place at least where I'm at and I'm I'm basically I think s- 7 episodes in um, so I've still got some room to to watch here because there's like you said two seasons, um, but it, it there's a lot of and it's all historically based. That's very interesting too because a lot of Fincher stuff is sort of hypothetical, um, but it, it there's these great scenes with him and his partner who and they just interview uh, convicted murderers and and rapists and all sorts of stuff just to try to understand the mind behind that sort of psychology and it's it's wild and Jonathan Groff is great. And I, I was re inspired because he plays uh, King George and Hamilton. And I was like, oh I remember you from Mindhunter. I'm gonna go check out Mindhunter. And he's fantastic. Um he has Barney yeah Bill Tench played by Holt McAlany. He's fantastic as well. Everybody's very, very good. It's mm-hmm. it's very good. It's a very, very good show. And if you missed it uh when it came out in 2017 or you missed season two in 2019, go watch it.
1: Interesting through line between Mindhunter and Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Cameron Britton, that played Edmund Kemper, the serial oh, killer, yeah. uh, is one of the main characters in Umbrella Academy. That is he a weird line. He plays Hazel.
0: Cool. Great. He was also great. Yeah, he's such a oof. <laughs> Creeps me yeah. out in the show. He's very good. Absolutely. Yep. Anyways, so, yeah, we were on Netflix, so I wanted to at least throw a little bone to Mindhunter, because it's really good.
1: Hell yeah. I eight mind up with yeah. a spoon i cannot wait for season three i would watch both seasons again right yeah. now yeah the character development and the dialogue and the depth of that show just pulls you in so hard yeah
0: i actually had to stop watching it today because i had I, like i had to prepare for our session today and i had mm-hmm. to eat i was like i gotta stop watching I, I think i watched i stopped myself after two and they're like tv hours a, a generous yeah. tv they're like 53 minutes each or something i was yeah. like i can't do this all day i got stuff to do but I might I might put it on after this. Who knows? Hell yeah, probably. You will. should. Yeah. Anything else got you hot? Oh sure. There was a fire warning yesterday, um, which if you don't know about the, up up here in Chico, did you hear about this, dude? I watched it. Cool. There's fires everywhere. It's been super hot, and there was a lightning storm that came through the past couple of days. We have our horses up near Cohasset, so. Um, almost bright and early yesterday, we had to go up and spend the day making sure everybody was prepared to go. And so that's literally got me hot though. In the context of this discussion, certainly a bothered, um, yeah, but I I don't know. Anything got you hot in the right sense of the word?
1: Uh, I do have one thing and it, it borders on the, uh, well, it doesn't border. It's very historic and it's something that I was educated about very recently. Okay. And it is something that today is the anniversary of. Do you know what it is? Is it Columbine by chance? No, no, sir. That was April
0: 20th. Of, but of like what year? Like 90, 99. Was it 99? I think it was 99. No, you're right. It was 99 because the matrix uh, came out and they delayed the release because uh, too much guns.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, then no, I, I don't know. Um,
0: today is a very important day. If you do not
1: know that. Um, what it is, is today? You better say the date. So today's August 18th and. On this day in 1920, the 19th Amendment to the United States Constitution was ratified, giving every woman in this country
0: the right to vote. Oh, see, in your notes it says 19th anniversary, but I thought you meant—that's why I guessed guessed, uh, the turn of the century.
1: Okay, sure. So, I mean, possibly the most important day in U.S. history because for a really long time we just weren't listening to the opinions of women in regards to any important decision about any of the important business in this country other than them staying at home and being quiet. I mean, we abolished
0: slavery at some point.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like those are two, I mean, I'm not trying to put them head to head, but like, yeah. Yeah. Pivotal days, Sure. you know, uh, the fact that there's people alive today that were born in a time when women couldn't vote makes me really sad. And this, this, it's kind of a hot and a bothered because it's hot because it's important and it makes me happy that we this got passed and this was ratified mm-hmm. but it also bothers me that there are people alive today that were born when women couldn't vote that was like 2 people ago yeah like if yeah if that if that uh and it just astounds me that we were just so ignorant and it bums me out mm-hmm. but also it's a really important thing to acknowledge and it's important to pay attention to history because This was only a hundred years ago. This is something that changed the face of America and it directly affected every woman that you know. So you need to be aware of it and aware of our history. And the fact that it was only a hundred years ago absolutely breaks my heart. But the fact that it was ratified at all is amazing. It's terrible that it took as long as it did. Uh, A lot of the women that actually fought for this to be ratified never lived to see its fruition. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's an important date to acknowledge, uh, August 18th, 1920, 100 years ago today.
0: Yeah, that's wild, man. It is It is kind of nuts. Like you think about in the in the context of history, like, yeah, 100 years ago, women couldn't vote. Um, to, I don't know, 250 years ago, we have like a set of rules that we literally like just guide our country by today. And the people that wrote it didn't have toilet paper. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they were wiping with. But we're like, you know what? The systems that we had then, perfect. <laughs> they're good, all good And then every now good and, now and now. again, somebody be like, hey, maybe women should vote. And they're like, but the founding fathers. It's like, yeah. But also, I, any number of things could have been wrong. So let's just think about it in a modern context. Here's some toilet paper. Yeah. And they're like, good, exactly. I'll put it in my stash. There's a pandemic. Exactly.
1: Yeah, you know, and I I try really hard not to get political. We both do. I don't but care. like. Dude, this was a hundred <laughs> years ago. Is that how great we need to make it again? I like, know somebody would...
0: over the age of a hundred who is yeah. a woman. Actually, I know they're a couple and they've been killing yeah. kill, they've been Conte- living
1: it, I guess. Yeah. Contextually though, like when they were born, their moms couldn't vote.
0: I know. When they were born, they well, you can't vote at birth, obviously, but even, you know, yeah. Very shortly after.
1: Yeah, it's just it's so wild to think how short our history is. And I think we're only getting better as we progress forward. I don't think we need to go backwards to make anything. Great. Oh yeah. And yeah. yeah right, right, right. We need to pay attention
0: to how not long ago this was. There's a great bit um, by comedian Nate Bargatze, And he, if you haven't heard him, he's very funny. He's, he's a Southern dude and kind of plays up on the stage. Like the idea that he's he's like a dumb, whatever he's dumb. That's just kind oh, of, he's thing. great. He's great. Nate and at one point he talks about like, he starts bringing up global warming. And he's like, "All right, hey! All jokes aside, guys. Like, global warming, you know, it's not good, or it is. We either need more of it or less. We need something. <laughs> we cause we can't keep doing this. Like, I, I don't know. People are always worried about getting started, but like, we're almost done. Like, we should celebrate. Like, we're done. We're done. <laughs> like, we're finishing first. That's just like, <laughs> oh, oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And that's such such an entirely American way to think. I know." That's great. Yeah, exactly. So, so go vote. Yeah, exactly. Go vote. You can, just, which is cool. Yeah, exactly. You can, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're black, whether you're white, it doesn't matter. You're allowed. Yeah, that's it's pretty important, man. It's very, very important. And the fact that people were fighting for this 100 years ago, and there's people in this country that are still fighting for equality is not surprising, but it is disheartening. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess the only way we got to keep the momentum moving up and I got to talk about something even more serious than that. So I'll talk about what you mentioned at the beginning of the show, which was Cheeto internet fingers. Obviously. The only thing more important than women's suffrage is my suffering in trying to do a stupid, um, song challenge, I guess. Um, if you don't follow me personally on Instagram, you don't know this, but the but owner- first
1: of all, how dare you, what? if you're
0: listening to this and you don't follow Max, <laughs> how dare you? How dare <laughs> you? Uh, you know jacob just followed me my friend jacob yeah he, well, like wasn't funny fo- has- he, he literally made a fake account for me and didn't actually follow the real me that's obviously funny yeah it's like part of the it's like makes the joke better somehow yeah 100 percent. the um. irony just <laughs> compounds so there's a bar here in chico called argus and the owner is a bit of a songwriter himself and he made a jokey song called baby danny devito and he sent a bunch of local bands The lyrics to the song after getting the permission to, or getting their uh, participation. They were like, Hey, he was like, Hey, do you guys, would you be willing to uh, make this song in your, in your style? And we can all kind of help each other's Instagrams grow and promote and keep music alive during a pandemic. Um, so a few days ago, I finally put the words to music and made a video and I, you know, it's super weird out of context. It, it's probably doing damage to my image in some way, but I don't care. Um, and I had a ton of Cheetos is the point. So if you want to you check that the video, off, it's full of Cheetos. I bought three bags of Cheetos and they're almost gone. It's been like six days. I've been eating so many Cheetos.
1: Stale Cheetos. No, I kept me. them in a pile Are works. a little bit, but they're a little bit oh, better.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to fight you because you're clearly a psychopath. Uh, I'm not interested in that fight, but you are like wrong, them. but I, I like won't them tell chewy. you that to your face. <laughs> um, that's where I'm at with, uh, with my hot and bothered, man.
1: Also, if you're on Instagram, follow Max and go vote for that. Go, oh, yeah. Go vote for me. That's it's a, oh,
0: it's a contest. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. If, bro, if, use our platform. Sure. God damn it. If you win, if I win um, by votes, I get a free bottle of whiskey and some other stuff. And if you win, which you can do by voting, which puts you in a raffle, you can win a free bottle of whiskey, a T-shirt, a candle, um, and I guess bragging rights, kind of. Yeah. I won a raffle once. Woo. Yeah. So do do that. It's It'd yep. be nice to me, and it might be nice for you. Who knows? Yep. One op. OP. Okay, great. So, I'm good on Hot and Bothered. We've covered our beers. I think it might be time to talk spoilers for Yes, God, Yes. What do you think? I think we should. Then I will press the magical button that will take us into... Danger Zone.
1: Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone.
0: Ah. Danger zone. Okay, Johnny. Danger Zone time. We're all talking about... Well, I mean, you and I, mostly. But... We're all listening about. Like we've all just watched, yes, God, yes. We're not worried about spoilers. We're given our deep and detailed thoughts, regardless of where that leads us in terms of plot or plot revealing. So, yeah. How do you want to start?
1: Well, is there anything you want? You said there were some things
0: that were yeah, left unresolved. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's, so, let's get into that. So, Lead there's the way, baby. Okay. There's the whole arc of when she is at the camp, the retreat. She is very curious about this AOL chatting thing. She's just looking for some sexual healing or at the very least a connection. And she goes on to the priest's computer, logs onto an AOL chat and asks for the love of God, will somebody please tell me what it means to toss somebody salad? And in true like 2004 fashion, somebody writes back, it means you're gay. (laughs) Um, And we also had the nod to like the ASL thing, which I didn't even, again, like I, I wasn't really big on online chatting like we didn't have that much when i was because you're a couple years older than me but like i had maybe seventh grade seventh to eighth grade um but there was none of like the skeevy sort of backroom chat stuff i just like talked to all my friends but i do remember at one point learning that asl was a thing Mm -hmm. um so that was a nice reference too but basically she's on the computer You're gay, whatever. She turns off the monitor because she hears somebody coming. Except it doesn't actually turn off the computer. She gets found out, and then the priest doesn't know who did it. And she basically frames the dude who she was accused is the right word, but doesn't feel correct of who's tossing whose salad she was tossing, and frames him. Yeah, the tossy, and then frames him. And then gives this big speech at the end of the retreat about how, like, we have to be honest with ourselves about all this stuff. And, like, doesn't come clean about that. And that didn't work. You have to come clean about that if you're going to give a big homily about honesty.
1: Nah, fuck that, dude.
0: Why? Because he was not helping to slow that rumor down at all. No, but, you know, like... Maybe he started it. Maybe. But maybe she was teaching him a lesson. But then she's just sinking to his level, and that's not the point. Yeah, but they're in high school.
1: Obviously, that's not the point, but (laughs) they might not do it all just right.
0: That makes like they make the point that she's growing as a kid. And like if you give a speech about honesty, you gotta be honest.
1: Now, did did the planting of the bracelet that indicted him Mm -hmm. come before or after that scene where they were talking about that? I think it happens after.
0: Where who was talking about
1: it? Where where our main character and the 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 toss-ee yeah were talking oh. about oh it, no by it the was after can. yeah it was after because I think it was before uh, I can guarantee it was before because he throws the bracelet in the garbage and then she finds it she gives him a chance to come clean and like asks about the rumor and all that shit and then he doesn't you know do anything honest or right and then she finds the bracelet that he threw away in the garbage with that with whatever it was obviously his bracelet and that's after she finds it. She plants it.
0: No, I, yeah, I think we're saying the same thing. I'm saying that, uh, she's mopping, mopping, mopping. And then he comes up to, to throw away his garbage. She's like, Hey, what's up with this rumor? He's like, yeah, rumor. I didn't stop it. Whatever. Then he throws away his stuff. She sees the bracelet cause it fell down. And then she goes and puts it by the computer. Yeah. 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 Of course. How else could it go down? I don't know. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, so then that happens. And then she plants the bracelet as a way to get herself out of, not even to get herself out of trouble because she's not in trouble. She just wants to frame him for it, which yeah. I guess is fine in one sense. You're like, yeah, like you're you are not nice. I guess you're kind of potentially, you're potentially mean. We're not sure as an audience, so maybe. I just, rub, it rubbed me the wrong way. Like she has this really, like she's given this big speech by Gina from the bar. And it's like, dude, you're going through normal stuff, so own it. And instead of owning it, we kind of backpedal and we're just like, no, I'm not going to tell anybody. And then the same thing happens later on with the confession thing at the end. Like she kind of tells him she knows, or she does tell him she knows, but then like, I, I don't know. It doesn't really go anywhere. Like there's no, that's where the big speech should have happened. In my opinion is like, look, man, like how cathartic you've never been a confession, right? You're not. No. Why would you? It's super weird. Um, but that would have been such a cathartic moment for her to be like, Hey, my dude, I saw what you did. You can tell me your sins if you want, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you they're not even sins. Like you're dealing with normal human stuff. So maybe don't flip that on me and tell me that I'm going to hell for forever. And like if that is when that big motivational speech happened instead of at the retreat where she talked about honesty and then was dishonest, I think this would have been tied up in such, such a neater bow. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. 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 But it, it also, it, just, it, you know, people are affected by that stuff like maybe you don't feel as strongly, which is fine.
1: Yeah, I don't really, but, I mean, also, I get it. Like, I mean, it makes sense what you're saying, but also there's so much of this, like, just the confusion overall and, like, not knowing how to handle stuff. And to me, it it played, like, you know, that scene at the garbage can that she kind of told him, like, you could put a stop to this. Like, you are really, you're the man here. Like, you could, uh, you know, squash this rumor and essentially – nothing happened and like he didn't really give a response that was anything like helpful so maybe she felt like well she gave him a shot and also like had to take it into her own hands
0: well totally and i'm not necessarily holding her to high school student standards i'm holding her to protagonist in a movie about morality uh standards yeah and that also is is fair
1: uh, this whole thing is like uh, a bit of uh, morality, like a uh, gray area, I would say.
0: And I don't even think it should be like in the context of a Catholic retreat. Certainly there are rights and wrongs as the rules would go. And then and then, like in, in the Gina's bar, there's like also right and wrong. Like, clearly you're being uh, brainwashed or misled or made to feel like a freak for being normal. Um, and then we can all sort of, as an audience member – project our own feelings on real life and, uh, determine what we think is a gray area or not. But I'm, I just mean like, I I just think it was so clearly presented and built up because of that tension of like her internal dialogue of thinking she's insane for having these feelings. And then we are so clearly told by Gina or she is told by Gina and by proxy, we are that she's no, it's, it's super normal. And I just wanted the, the emotional release of her realizing that and kind of making a proclamation and following that proclamation with actual behavior and action. And it just didn't quite do it. And I don't know why. And I just wish that it would have been a little bit more satisfying or at least happened, you know?
1: Well, I mean, I think it's fairly accurate because it didn't do it because if she would have externalized everything involving the revelation that she just had, it would have completely alienated her. So it's like, you can't just, be like, yeah, you know, screw church, screw you parents. Like, yeah. it would have ruined literally yeah. her whole life. Yeah, it would have ruined, true. you know. So sometimes you have to internalize it when you realize, like, not necessarily that you're smarter, but that, like, you have this awakening and maybe you know, you have a different perspective than your parents. You know, it's it's not fair to say that, they, that you might be smarter, no, but yeah, in some cases yeah. it might be. But when you realize something, you're like, oh, they've got this whole thing fucked up and they're going to stick to this ideology uh i can't just as a 17 year old go out against that like i'm gonna end up homeless you know what i mean so like you have to find that balance i had to do that like that whole balancing act of like well this is bullshit but also i need a place to stay and like you're my parents like you're paying for all my food like okay i like i I feel like if she would have externalized that in the way that maybe would have been satisfying to you the movie almost would have become unbelievable because no one's gonna acknowledge that from a person her age. Okay, like, it would have just been futile.
0: So, minor spoilers for season one of Mindhunter. Everybody, skip forward a minute. If it's, you the, want. it's the it's the danger zone. Fine. Yeah, but not for Mindhunter. It's not.
1: Oh, for everything, bro. Okay, I'll spoil. I'll spoil your Christmas. So, I
0: just finished the episode where um, you, I don't know if you remember this, but there's there's a it's a side arc of um, it's the principal at the school that tickles kids and <laughs> gives them a nickel. Yeah. So. There's the idea, and it's fresh in my mind because of this movie, like, the idea of a, on paper, really moral leader dude, in in the case of the movie, the priest, and in the case of the Mindhunter episode, the principal, like, taking advantage of children, um, or at the very least being inappropriate, and you could make the argument the priest didn't know that he was jerking off in front of a student, even though his fucking office was in, a like, a, an open cafeteria, which is, ugh, but, like... To your point, I feel like if 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 she had mentioned at least that fact to somebody, like something m- might have happened. Like you could externalize yeah. that thing and be like, "Hey, I saw Father whatever breaking his uh, chastity rules to a very seventies porno." By the way, right? What was that? I don't know, man. I don't really even very- understand how that computer was playing it. <laughs> You're not streaming <laughs> yeah, the- HD video. In you know, on dial-up, yeah. Well, he <laughs> so, might have. Maybe it might have been downloaded. Did computers have that much hard drive space? Oh, maybe. Mm. I don't know, man. That looked like four K quality.
1: Four K seventies quality.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it didn't. It didn't compute. Yeah, but oh, but, but was, was that but a computer it... pun? Yeah, I'm just punning all over the place today. Um, that's amazing. So I don't know, man. And then like. I can't really remember how she resolved stuff with her friend, but it kind of just feels like it was like, you know, here we still are. Like we just had this big fight about a potentially really big issue. And we'll just, I guess, nod at each other and call it good. Mm -hmm. There wasn't the resolution that needed to happen for all the stress that had been built up. And granted, I realized part of that, maybe a large part of it is just because of my own baggage. But like, I wanted that release. This is not a pun. That one was not. So everybody knows. (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> so i don't know it was a good movie it's just i don't yeah i there were some flaws some pretty big structural flaws to me but i've been talking means- this whole time about my points what do you got but i no,
1: I, I think you're right there i'm yeah structurally like the moral awakening didn't line up with the external behavior but i think in for me it was kind of justified it kind of made sense especially with you, know, you have to look at it through the lens of teenage confusion and like you're trying and you don't want to rebel, but you know these things now that you didn't before and you're just trying not to fuck up your whole existence. So it's it's tough. Like I looked at it through that lens of like that whole yeah. just not you, you're still unsure. Like this whole movie, the whole point to me was like people like a person figuring out who they are. Yeah. And to me, it showed a glimpse of that but in by no means was it like the front to back end of that process. It was more of just like, here's this part of their process and this is where we end. So,
0: and Johnny isn't, isn't if we're being honest, the human experience, human sexuality, education, isn't it all a bit of a process when you think about it?
1: Yeah. I don't think it ever really ends. I mean, as we get older, our biology changes and I mean, everything changes. Like you, 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 You change. Things change. I don't think it's ever something that's really done. And I think awakenings that happen like this, like your first experiences at summer camp, which personally, I know some of my first, like, you know, flirtatious, somewhat provocative experiences, like nothing crazy over the top. But like, you know, kissing a girl behind the cabins at summer church Christian camp, like those things. And um, me and Shalina were talking while we watched this about the arm hair. And it was something that was that specific in just the focus of it. And it made you, it made me realize um, certain things that you've hyper focused on define your interests and your, you know, what you're into later in life. Like you could be turned on by something like that at a very young age and that imprints on you. And to me, this movie was kind of a testament about that in that specific way with like the arm hair about how when you're super young, like the first things that turn you on, like kind of stick with you and define your sexual desires, even in a small way. Like it's, it's there no matter what for the rest of your life.
0: And if somebody doesn't show it to you every five minutes, you're going to say the N word. (laughs) 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 I guess we should probably contextualize that. (laughs) I I sent, I I sent Johnny a meme earlier, uh, which is just like, at some point, Quentin Tarantino was just like, if you don't show me a foot every five minutes, I'm make like, every character say the N word. <laughs> and I just, and I it's just like, that's back. a formula for a Quentin Tarantino movie. Basically. Yeah. I just thought back to when he said
1: the N word, a bunch in Pulp Fiction. After, Oh man. Uh, yeah. 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 That's, that's,
0: that's a tough watch. I watched that. I haven't seen that movie for like six months, but I watched it for the first time in a few years. And I was just, I was like, Oh, that didn't, it's not, he's, that's not aging well at all. Yeah. It's, it's really aggressive. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
1: so not unlike Quentin Tarantino with his feet, and Agreed. perhaps this young lady with her hairy arms. Yes, uh, that's one thing that I took away from this movie was that it it definitely showcased some of the things that we imprint upon our our sexuality when we're very young that yeah that stick with us forever. And it's like something I hadn't even thought about, but like I remember like certain things like in summer camp and like just when I was young. And then like yeah, it's weird how stuff sticks with you. And I thought that was a nice little kind of homage to that and how things stick with you when you're young that, yeah. that keep affecting you.
0: Yeah, agreed, man. Um, do you have anything else on this? Uh, No, I like.
1: I, I think we summed it up, man. I liked it. I don't think it was a 10. I think it was good. It was a 10 for me personally because yeah. I loved it. But yeah, yeah. no, overall, I think, I think we got it, man. I don't think there's anything else we need to spoil or discuss. I'm good. To, I'm done talking about it.
0: Okay, I want to say a couple last things. Number one, as always, this show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. If you get a chance to try Amigos IPA or cheap sunglasses, or you watch Yes God Yes or uh, Project Power, it's not Power Project, right? It's Project Power.
1: Project Power. Yeah.
0: Let us know what you think. We really appreciate feedback. Like Johnny said, we have Instagram and Twitter, we have an email. Uh, those are probably the main ways to get a hold of us that we'd, we can both see at the very least. Um, and we'll be back in your ears next, uh, let's say Thursday, actually, because of our scheduling situation. Any things to tease for next week? We haven't fully decided on a movie yet, or have we? Or No, we haven't decided okay. on a
1: movie or a beer, so it's all – your guess is as good as ours at this point.
0: Thanks for listening. We appreciate you, and we'll see you next week.
1: This is is Fresh Hop Cinema.